Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to talk about 10 techniques that I think every white belt should know. So one of my most popular episodes was the blue belt. In that episode, I discuss what I'm looking for before I promote or recommend a student for blue belt promotion. Now, I didn't really get into specific techniques in that episode because every blue belt is going to look different. I really talked about the philosophical and goals that I was looking for for students to hit. Now, this episode, I really want to give you 10 techniques that I think everybody should know. And I really think white belts should spend some time getting these techniques down to where they're comfortable. Now, I don't want you to hear this and think that you should abandon everything you're doing right now to focus on these 10. No. If you're having success, please keep doing what you're doing and look to slowly add in the things that you're not doing. So if there is three or four techniques that, ah, man, I don't feel comfortable with these, over the course of a few months, look to start spending some time practicing them during training sessions. But don't abandon, you know, if you're really starting to develop a killer straight ankle lock, don't abandon that for a movement that on this list. Keep doing what you're doing. But if you feel like you don't have direction or you feel like your fundamentals, like you're missing, you know, your fundamentals aren't sharp, you know, you're looking for more fundamental things that you think, you know, everybody should know, this is the list for you. So let's get started. Number one, you should be able to recover guard from side control. Got to be able to do it. One of the most frustrating things is being stuck on the bottom of side control. You need to be able to frame properly, use your shrimp to find your guard. What makes Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu special is when you're in those bad positions, when you're on the bottom, that you're always able to find your guard. If you can't, then, man, you're really missing out on what makes Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu special. The second thing is you should be able to perform the triangle armbar from guard. So I get the closed guard. I should be able to demonstrate how to do a triangle armbar properly. And you should be able to have success against guys that have not trained. So you get them into your closed guard. You should be able to at least find one of the two because they play off of each other. So if you start going for an arm bar and the guy's really trying to pull that arm back, you should be able to pop up a triangle. Same thing with the triangle. You find the triangle, the guy's trying to really posture into you, you should be able to find the arm lock. You need that. It also teaches you how to move your hips. It teaches you how to move your hips in a special way. Being able to move your hips in guard is one of the most complicated things in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so starting early is definitely going to be an advantage in the long run. The third thing is an elbow escape from mount. Nothing is more frustrating as a coach watching guys, especially if they are in that blue and purple belt, um, you know, their blue or purple belts. If they can't escape the mount, they don't really have good ideas how to do it. It really shows a lack of fundamentals, in my opinion. And I almost kind of feel like I failed my guys. Like, oh, man, dude, you're a blue belt and you're still struggling to escape mount. You have to be able to do it. And the elbow escape, I'm telling you, if I could keep one technique of all the techniques I've ever learned, 
if I could keep the knowledge of one, it would be the elbow escape. It has just gotten me out of so many bad situations over the years. I know that, man, I'm going against a tough guy. I know when he gets to mount that I'm going to have a really good chance of escape because I've spent so much time working and perfecting my elbow escape. So if you really feel your defense is lacking and you feel uncomfortable, like if I say the word mount and you start to shiver, you start to quiver a little bit because you're nervous. That makes you nervous. If your coach is like, hey, today we're working on the bottom of mount, you don't want to be that guy. So make sure you focus on, in my opinion, the best escape from mount and the escape everyone needs to have. Make sure you can do the elbow escape. Now the fourth thing, we're going to move to the top now, and you should be able to pin from side control and mount. You need to understand how to pin an opponent, especially a guy that does not train. You need to be able to hold down those guys going wild, you know, whether you get the takedown or the sweep or they just they go for something crazy, a haymaker, and they fall off of you. You need to be able to hold them for a minute. One of the biggest mistakes I see guys, especially, you know, girls and guys that are, you know, on the smaller end that move really well, that are agile, that like to use their speed, they move too much a lot of times. They don't understand pinning. They don't understand that, Honestly, they are their own worst enemy. They move too much. They create big holes in their game because they just move position. And they move a lot of times when they shouldn't. And so using that clock and being able to have confidence that you can hold somebody inside control and mount for a minute is going to go a long way. And you're going to find that if you just do that, it's uncomfortable at first. I'm telling you, as a guy that really didn't focus on that till he was a brown belt, I remember being a brown belt and feeling so uncomfortable on top of mount. I wish at white belt I would have spent the time focusing even just five minutes once a week. Just, hey, I'm going to start on top of mount. Or when I'm rolling, I'm going to try and find the mount and hold this guy here. I'm telling you, I really wish I would have done that. Because I had fear and anxiety any time that I got the top of mount of somebody. Because I just knew they were going to escape. I didn't have the confidence. And so really use that clock. Really find a passion in being able to hold and control somebody, especially if you're a smaller person. Now, the fifth thing is the mousetrap series. So the mousetrap series is was coined maybe 10, 15 years ago. The first time that I saw it was from Lloyd Irvin. I know a lot of people don't like Lloyd Irvin, but he has a great video on YouTube. And if you, again, you don't know what series I'm talking about, just YouTube mousetrap series. But the mousetrap is the play between the Americana, the straight arm lock, and the Kimura. When you really start to get good at pinning from the mount and side control, you'll find that, man, there are hundreds of submissions that you've been missing when you add this into your game. The straight arm lock. Being able to just apply that straight arm lock when you pass the guard and you get that Kimura and guys try and straighten their arms. They try and defend the Americana. They straighten their arms. You need that in your game. I'm telling you. It's such an easy play, especially against guys that do not train. Whenever we do Warrior Week and when those church guys come up here, if I haven't talked about Warrior Week, I'm definitely doing an episode on that coming up. But essentially Warrior Week, we have a bunch of untrained guys come up here to train with us for a few days. And I'm telling you, of all the movements, once I get on top, that series is just absolute money. 
I mean, I'll hit a hundred in a day. Like it, it almost is so easy. It gets boring. You know, you want to do other things as a blue belt or even as a white belt, like you need that you're missing taps right now over the course of your journey. If you do get your black belt, I'm telling you, you will have a thousand plus taps purely from that series, the Americana being able to switch it to the straight arm lock and then to the Kimura. Look it up on YouTube. Now, the sixth thing that I think everybody needs to be able to do is you need to be able to stand in base. Now, standing in base is super important in self-defense situations in MMA, right? I've talked about this before, but you need to be able to stand up. You need to be able to do it when there's no pressure, so you need to be able to do it properly. Just, hey, demonstrate this for me. You need to be able to do it when someone's trying to hold you down, and you need to be able to do it when someone's trying to kick you, punch you, and shove you over. But something I don't think I talked about last time is how much I use the stand-in base to attack, whether it's guillotines or leg locks. Now, Gary Tonin is a perfect example of a guy that uses the stand-in base to attack leg locks. In almost all of his matches, when he pulls guard, the guys are really scared to come in because they know if they put too much pressure that Gary's going to get underneath them, elevate him for the leg lock. And so a lot of guys will play on their heels. They'll play with their weight way back. You'll see Gary grab a collar tie with one hand and he'll stand in base up to where he'll go for that victory roll. So he'll kind of turn his back like he's almost backstepping right there. But he'll do a stand in base, do like a half back step, and then that victor roll right there, the roll through to the leg lock. If you haven't seen his match with Dorino or Gilbert Burns, who's fighting for the UFC title, uh, I believe it was at Polaris, you need to watch it because you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, how Gary uses that stand in base to create some action, and he changes his angle so he can come underneath, and he ends up applying a leg lock. Happens all the time, and it's again, it's something I use especially. I really like to use the stand and base for like snap downs to guillotines. But man, it has been so important for me over the years to be able to use that just in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, not even talking about the MMA and the self defense aspect. The seventh thing is the knee slice. So, gotta have one guard pass on here. And if one guard pass, like if I'm gonna teach somebody just one guard pass, it's gonna be the knee slice. It's just so versatile. You can do it from open guard, you can do it from half guard, from quarter guard. You can even start working them from butterfly guard. And so, you're on top, you need to understand the different variations of the knee slice. You need to understand when you have an underhook, how to do a knee slice, when you don't have the underhook, what a forward knee slice is, what a neutral knee slice is, what a backwards knee slice is, even what an opposite side, a far side knee cut is. You really need to spend the time learning how to turn your hips. A good knee cut really teaches you how to turn your hips on top. It also is again, I think a technique that from white to elite level black belt has been used for the past 30, 40 years. I mean, maybe even, I mean, probably way, way longer than that. And so without really getting lost in all of the guard passes and, you know, chaining guard passes together, because that is something you will do. But a lot of guys, they just have one pass. They'll keep throwing a knee cut at you over and over and over again. And it is so effective. So make sure you're spending time and you know how to 
past the guard with the knee slice, and you should definitely be able to perform the knee slice on command, okay? Let me see your knee slice. You should be able to do a good knee slice whenever your instructor or professor asks. So now the eighth thing, we get into another offensive movement, the RNC. So the RNC, super important. I think it's iconic. Throughout history, the RNC, you know, there's statues of people RNCing centaurs in like Greece. You really need to know. You need how to do it properly, okay? One of the ways you know you're watching a McDojo video or a fake martial art video is you'll see all these funny variations of the RNC. You need to be able to do it properly. And now what that does whenever you start hitting the RNC and you start getting confidence in your RNC is it really opens up and allows you to start thinking about how to take the back because now you have honestly the most efficient killing, barehanded killing technique in history, the RNC. You've got how to do it. You're going to want to find ways to the back. And so you'll really start navigating and just naturally finding the back. You'll start putting your hooks in. You'll start finding seat belts more and more. And especially if you've done your pinning work, you'll find that when you get really good at pinning from side control and mount, guys will just give their back up. How many times, especially in MMA, just think about it. In MMA, how often do guys just turn to show their back because they can't get out of mount, they're taking damage all the time. Same thing with self-defense situations, okay? You're there, you're slapping the guy, you know, you're punching him. You know, you're in a really bad spot. Guys are going to turn. They're tired of getting hit. They're going to do one big explosion. You need to be able to have confidence in your RNC. That when you see the back, you can hold it and you can get that RNC. So, man, if your cousins ask you about, you know, hey, show me a Brazilian jiu-jitsu move. You know, your mom, your girlfriend, whoever, your boyfriend. One of the moves, one of the moves everyone shows is the RNC because it's just iconic. So know how to do it and know how to do it well. Now, the last two, we're getting into guards, two sweeps. I think you should be able to butterfly sweep as the ninth. Really learning how to use a hook. Use your hooks to elevate. Use your hooks as frames. It's going to teach you a lot about your feet. Like a lot of people have a big disconnect between their hands. You know, like, oh, I mean, a lot of people can pick up how to frame from side control easily, you know, and how to use their arms but the feet and the leg movement really trips up a lot of guys in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so at White Belt, learning how to use a hook guard, and that to me the simplest to learn is the butterfly, and especially getting that sweep down. Guys that have never trained, whenever they feel those hooks, they're not used to basing, and so a lot of times you can barely touch them when they'll go over, and now you're right into mount. But it also, I'm telling you, it really teaches you about the elevation. It teaches you how to also, whenever you get butterfly, it's such a transitionary guard. Like you can go to butterfly from a lot of different positions. So you could be in closed guard trying your triangle arm bar, you know, your pop triangles, your hip bump sweeps, um, you know, right there. And at any point you feel like you just can't move the guy, you can go right to butterfly. So knowing how to go from close guard to butterfly and then into that butterfly sweep is super important. I, I really want, that's something that I want all white belts and all practitioners to just, you should be able to take an overhook and underhook or, you know, honestly, any grip is fine. There's a lot of different grips you can take, but you should be able to find that butterfly sweep to mount or right into your knee slice pass. 
should be able to perform both of those to mount and to a knee slice. Now the last one is the half guard underhook to dogfight. So everybody needs a half guard. Half guard's universal. Big guys play it, small guys play it. And honestly, all these techniques I've played, I made sure there wasn't like some funky, like, man, you gotta be super flexible or you gotta be small or you gotta be big. Like these are techniques every single person can perform at a high level. They're the basics. And I think getting a half guard, winning the underhook, and being able to properly get up to dogfight is really going to be huge throughout your journey. It's going to help you escape, learn how to escape with underhooks. It's going to help you become offensive, especially how to get into your wrestling, how to get into your knee taps, and to, you know, especially if you're, uh, you know, really big in a 10th planet, that's one of Eddie's like five best techniques. I guarantee you, just as you know, much as Eddie's known for the truck and the rubber guard, honestly, I bet the technique over the years he's performed the most has honestly probably been his just ability to get up to the dogfight, whether he's doing the old school sweep or a knee tap or you know, doing a fl- even a flying triangle from there or a plan B sweep. Like all those sweeps from half guard really get set up when you can at will get an underhook and come up to your knees. You can come up into that wrestling position. So, again, I want to just reiterate, I'm not saying abandon your game and focus on these techniques. You're going to get your blue belt if you master these 10 techniques. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. These are just things that I think you should be able to do as well as the things that you're already doing. So if there are three or four techniques that you, man, I don't feel comfortable standing and basing, or man, if a guy, if he gets me down and I'm in my, you know, he's on top of my closed guard, I can't stand up. I've tried, guys can hold me down easily. Well, that's something you need to ask about and you need to be able to perform. I don't care what belt level you are. Again, I'm saying white belts should be able to. So if you're a purple belt, you should be able to already be able to do that. So you've got a little bit of catch up work if you are blue, purple, brown, or black belt. And I'm telling you, some of these techniques, like I didn't, like I said, like I didn't feel comfortable taking mount and especially mount for a minute until I was a brown belt. I don't want that to be the case for you guys, especially you guys just starting off. This is a great list to focus on. Find the other, you know, find other techniques that you're passionate about. Again, you're killing with a straight ankle lock. Keep doing the straight ankle lock. Have that be your go-to weapon. Well, you should still be able to perform an RNC. You should be able to show somebody an RNC. It doesn't have to be your best move, but you should be able to talk about it. You should be able to take the back and choke somebody, especially if they don't train. Same with the elbow escape. Oh, you know, you like to do the oompa escape. I'm telling you, you want a good elbow escape. There's a reason that every Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school across the world teaches the elbow escape. And honestly, they teach all of these. They teach every single one of the techniques I mentioned. It, being done, and being taught to white belts all across the world. I hope you guys are getting some good training in. I know more and more places are opening up, and it's just so encouraging. I know there's been a little spike in the coronavirus cases, but I'm really hopeful that you know the more and more we learn about it and the more and more that you know people start to get it and, and we see that the death rate isn't you know crazy like they were saying in the beginning, I hope that this fear really starts to die down and people can start getting back to what they loved and what they're used to doing and they can do it in a positive manner. I'm really, really sick and tired of all the negativity out there. 
I'm looking for positive news, which I know in this day and age is difficult. Next episode will be another athlete profile interview. You guys are loving that. Please send me any questions you might have for athletes or if there's a specific athlete you want me to interview, send me a message and I'll get to that. Have the best day. Love you guys. Peace.